Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. All right. Well, I guess just before we jump into things, I just talked about how like we're trying to go live a lot, and I want you to make sure you know I'm live. This isn't pre-recorded, and so I thought I'd just prove that by showing you some of the things that I have on my desk here. Like you look at a bunch of like uh, pastors or people who are preaching on Sundays, and like their houses look beautiful and immaculate and perfect. And like this narrow window that you see, you may be like, oh my gosh, Pastor Chris and his interior their house. But so I just want to show you, I got my Disney mug. This is a staple. Um, but even just on my desk, like toilet paper, uh, <laughs> a box of Hershey bars. So I don't want to show you the rest because it'll just bring shame and embarrassment to my family. But, but I'm really glad you're joining us. I love hanging out with you in person and uh, looking forward to talking about what God's kind of put on my heart today and I, what I believe God would have us know as a church. And so um, there's been a lot of speculation about where things are going and how things are going to change after this whole COVID-19 pandemic ends. And a lot of that is based on what we learn from this. So, you know, what did we do well? Uh, what, what did we do badly? Uh, what do we need to do moving forward in order to manage this? Uh, what, you know, so what we learn is going to help inform how things are going to change. And there's some things that we've learned already. You know, we've, we've learned how to wash our hands correctly. I'm quite certain that you have learned the alphabet method or the happy birthday method, but I guarantee you know how to wash your hands correctly now. We've learned how social distancing works. Uh, we, some of us have learned how to do haircuts from home. I've always done haircuts from home because it just takes a razor, but pretty soon my son is going to need to learn haircuts from home. Um, I've learned that I don't ever want to live in a world without toilet paper. Uh, I've definitely learned that. I've also learned that that every month of quarantine equals five or more pounds added on my bathroom scale. That is a lesson that I'm learning, and I'm sure that many of you are probably learning that as well. Maybe you've learned some things about yourself or your family too. Um, some of us have learned that and we learned this from the check-in show and some other stuff that we've we've done live that you might have a low threshold for eating noises uh you might have a very low threshold for the the mouth noises that people in your home make uh, some of you have learned things about your kids you've learned that your kids are awesome um some of you have learned that maybe you need to take a parenting class or two since you've been at home with your kids as long as this i've honestly learned that i love being around my family and so for me, this is great. I, I've actually learned that some of you are going to hate this because this is not you. Um, but I've learned, I think I was wired for this. I think I was made for this. I'm thriving right now. I don't know what it is, but like, I love, my wife just gave me a look. She's like, don't say things that are going to make people think you're a bad person. But like, I, maybe I'm an introvert deep down. I think I am, but I, I'm wired for this. I'm loving it. Um, but here's the thing. Learning from this experience is what's going to help us to make the changes that we need to make in the future. And so I would just say, if, if we could go back 200 years into the future, I'm sorry, not back. See, told you alive. If we could go 200 years into the future, what would we discover that we have learned from this? Okay. So if I could go 200 years in the future, what would I find that has changed? What would, if I'm reading the history books, what would I discover that we learned as people um, in order to navigate through this, um, if it were to happen again. And so I've been reading a lot about um, other pandemics that have happened historically. So I've been reading about the Black Plague that happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago, um, reading about the Spanish flu epidemic that happened in 1918. And, and I've been kind of learning about 
how things in the world changed because of those pandemics. Because learning, learning from someone else's hindsight can be really valuable. Learning from someone else's mistakes, learning from what other people have gone through, it can be really effective and really valuable. And, and last week, we learned this. We learned that the Apostle Paul was under house arrest in Rome for two years. And then before he was under house arrest in Rome for two years, he was, un, he was under arrest in Caesarea for another two years. And during this time, Paul was isolated. He was straight up social distanced. And, and all he had were people who uh, would maybe be able to come and visit him or letters that he could send to people or that he could send to churches or that people could send to him. And in fact, during this time, Paul actually had friends uh, who nearly died from sickness. And so there's many of these things that we are going through right now that the Apostle Paul went through 2,000 years ago. Many things we're dealing with now, he dealt with then. And during this time, he wrote a letter to the church at Philippi. He wrote a letter to encourage some Philippian believers. And in this letter, he gives us the benefit of what he learned from his hindsight going through a similar circumstance that we are going through right now. Because in this letter, he told them what he learned from this experience. In fact, he highlighted what he learned from his experience because he wanted them to learn the same thing too. And, and in this, we can discover what we can learn from Paul's similar experience. And so that's why we're in this series called Cabin Fever, because Paul knew what it was like to have cabin fever like many of you have right now. And there's lessons that we can learn from him in this letter he wrote to the Philippian church. And so last week we started looking at the first section of Philippians chapter one, and we're going to continue there. And we're going to look at Philippians chapter one, verse 12 today. And this is what Paul says. I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. You know how after something bad happens that it kind of gives you a unique perspective on things and it gives you a unique perspective on maybe what matters most. So maybe for you, you lost you know, your grandmother or, or someone that you really loved, but as a result of that, walking through that hurt, it, it helped you understand what mattered and maybe helped you forgive some people in your family uh, and you grew a little bit closer. Maybe you've gone through something like cancer uh, and that it taught you to appreciate every moment with the people you love and how every moment matters and not to get caught up in things that maybe don't really matter. Now, Paul is writing this letter to the Philippian church, and, and he's, saying, he's saying this, listen, this bad stuff I'm going through, I was arrested. He, I mean, he's been beaten. He's been isolated. He's been kept separate from people. This bad stuff is helping to spread the good news about Jesus. He continues to write this, for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Now, this is a, a pretty crazy thing that he's saying, right? He's in prison, and all he can talk about is the amazing things that God is doing as a result of his imprisonment. And here's the thing about Paul. You, you will never hear Paul complain about being confined in the New Testament anywhere. In none of his writings will you hear Paul complain about being confined, being beaten, being arrested, none of those things. You'll never hear Paul complain about his loss of rights. You'll never hear Paul complain about the people he doesn't get to see anymore because, um, because having lived it, he could see that God is using it. Having walked through these things and looking back at what, he'd went, what he went through and what God did as a result of it, he could see that God was using his house arrest 
to transform people's lives. And Paul, with his unique perspective, he sees his loss as, as their gain. That what he was going through, even though it wasn't ideal for him, his isolation, his arrest, that, that even though it was for his loss, it was for other people's gain. Look at what he, he continues to say in verse 20 of chapter 1. For I fully expect and hope. Now remember that word, I hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. Now we're in a similar situation to Paul. I mean, many of us are not, it's not as dire as being under house arrest, but we already talked about the things that we share in common with what he was going through. And a lot of us are hoping for things. We're hoping this ends quickly. We're hoping we can see people. We're hoping we can go shopping. We're hoping that we can go get Chinese food at the restaurant. Paul's hope is not to be free. Paul's hope is not that he gets his rights back. Paul's hope is to continue sharing Jesus effectively where he is. You see, Paul sees his confinement through the lenses of Christ and his own discomfort, it doesn't matter to him anymore because his perspective on what God is doing through it has changed all of that. And he even says, whether I live or die, his hope is that he can just continue whatever his circumstances are to be living a life where he can proclaim Jesus and see other people's lives changed. Now, I know some of you guys are drawing the connection here. It's a pretty straightforward connection between us and Paul and what I'm saying about our hearts, maybe our attitudes and the things that we're hoping for right now. And you might be sitting there hearing this and you're like, Chris, I mean, it's easy to say that, right? I mean, good for Paul, but I'm not there. You know, things are really hard for me right now. And I'm, I'm in the middle of this. And I just want you to remember this. Paul, when he wrote this letter, he was in the middle of it. He was living it. He was right there in the center of, of his imprisonment, of going through all of this. And I want you to know, and I want you to understand this, the same peace and the same purpose that, that Paul was experiencing and that Paul had, it's available for you too. That same confidence, that same hope with which Paul can speak about what he wants to see happen as a result of his confinement, that it's available to you. And I think it started with a mindset that Paul had. And if we can adopt that mindset, I think we can learn from it. And I think we can learn from Paul's hindsight. And then we can start to see, God, we can start to see the good things that God wants to do in us and through us during all of this. And so let's, let's take a look at what Paul continues to write in Philippians 1 verse 27. He says this, and this is, this is Paul's mindset. And it's not only Paul sharing his mindset. Paul is sharing his mindset with the Philippians in a way that's telling them, I want you to have this same mindset that I have. I want you to learn from my hindsight. I want you to learn the lessons that I've learned as a result of this. And he says this, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. So where do you belong? Who do you belong to? Where's your allegiance? Paul lived this out. Okay, this, this idea of citizenship. For us, I don't know that we think about citizenship um, or allegiance that often. I think it's just kind of in the back of our minds and it doesn't come out until things like our rights are threatened. But Paul lived this out in a real way because in Rome 2,000 years ago, citizenship was a big deal. If you were a Roman citizen, citizen, if you were a Roman citizen, you had rights. And if you weren't a Roman citizen, there were rights that you did not have. Roman citizens had rights to trial, 
Uh, Roman citizens had rights to sue people. Um, Roman citizens had rights to not be executed. Like if you weren't a Roman citizen, you could just be put to death without a trial. And citizens, because you, you had citizenship in Rome, uh, you were protected. You, you could run for office as a citizen. Roman citizenship at the time really was a big deal. So Paul was a Roman citizen, but Paul was also uh, a, good, a good Jew uh, of the nation of Israel. And so Paul, Paul lived in this world where he was both a Roman citizen, but he was also uh, Jewish by birth. And then on top of all of that, he was a Pharisee by religion. And so all of these three things in Paul's life vied for and fought for allegiance. And he lived his whole life deciding where his allegiance was and where it was going to lie until Jesus came into his life. And when Jesus came into Paul's life, the question of citizenship, citizenship, I'm going to stumble on that one all morning. The question of, of citizenship was settled. And look at what Paul writes in Colossians 1. And know this. Uh, Philippians was a letter he wrote during his imprisonment. Colossians was a letter that he wrote at that same time period. So it speaks to his mindset. And this is what he writes to the Colossians. Uh, He says this. He says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Paul is specifically saying this. We are not citizens of this world anymore. Wherever your allegiance lied, it's gone now because we are now citizens of this new kingdom. God took us out of this and he put us in this because of what Jesus did. And when Paul became a follower of Jesus, he became a citizen of heaven. His allegiance changed. His priorities changed. His guiding principles changed. Not Rome, not Israel, but Jesus and so, like, to understand Paul's mindset shift, we need to understand this, this, this thing. It's that we always see our circumstances through the lenses of our citizenship. We always see our circumstances through the lenses of our citizenship. And what that means is this. We're always going to be looking at what we're going through through the lenses of where our core allegiances lie. So, for example... If you're watching this, you're probably an American citizen. If you're watching this, you might not be. You might be watching this. Uh, We have a huge following in the southern tip of Australia. Uh, Not really, I don't know. But, But if you believe, as an American citizen, if you believe that a Republican president, a Republican Congress, and a Republican chosen Supreme Court is the hope for America, then your priorities and your allegiance will be to that. And it will be to seeing those ends met and those things accomplished. It's the same if you believe that a a Democrat president is the hope for America. But Paul saw his circumstances through the lenses of his citizenship in the kingdom of God, not Rome, not Israel. And that changed everything for him. You see, for Paul, now what he's going through, specifically his imprisonment, his unjust imprisonment, it's, it's not about injustice, and it's not about it being a wrongful imprisonment, but because he's seeing things as a citizen of the kingdom of God, now it's about the opportunity to tell more people about Jesus. Paul looks at this thing and he says, wow, I'm here, but because people know I'm in prison for Jesus, more people are hearing about Jesus. And Paul didn't hope to be set free Paul didn't hope for freedom from his isolation. He didn't hope for his rights back. He didn't hope for the things that would make his life easier or better. He hoped for more of what God was putting him through because it could tell more people 
about Jesus. Look at what he says, continues to say in Philippians 1.27. He starts off, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are, check this out, standing together with one spirit and one purpose. And what is that one spirit and purpose? Fighting together for the faith, which is the good news which is the gospel, which is the message of Jesus being proclaimed to people. Understanding our citizenship, it matters because our allegiance will determine our attitudes and our actions. I'm going to say that again. Our allegiance will determine our attitudes and actions. And citizens of heaven live for Jesus and others, not themselves. Citizens of heaven live for Jesus and others, not for themselves. So whatever your circumstances, Paul says this, conduct yourself, no matter what you're going through, what you're facing, you need to conduct yourself the way a citizen of heaven would. Conduct yourself in a manner that is worthy of the good news. So he's saying this, he's saying, listen, with your words, with the things you say, conduct yourself in a manner that's worthy of of the kingdom of God. In your relationships, in your relationships, conduct yourself as a citizen of heaven. Uh, when you are at school someday, when that happens again, or at work, conduct yourself as a citizen of heaven. If you disagree with someone, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of Christ. When you disagree with the government, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of a citizen of Jesus. When you post on social media, conduct yourself in a manner that's worthy of of Christ. And that one, ironically, is the one that's easiest for us, for people to hold you accountable on, for us to be held accountable on. And I would just, here's a question that I just want to present to you that you can ask yourself to help you answer for yourself, am I conducting myself the way a citizen of the kingdom of God would? Am I conducting myself in a manner that's worthy of Christ? And that question is this, how would Jesus conduct himself if he were in this situation? Now, I could have just said WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? But um, first of all, I wanted to look more, I wanted to look more smarter um, and more intelligenter. No, I, I really felt like, how would, my wife is laughing at me because she knows that this, is, this intelligence is just a front. I'm really just a dummy. Um, I wanted to present this in a way that wasn't just about the actions Jesus might take um, in, in being a person who wants to see the world change, not just the actions in helping the poor or serving people who need it, but to go deeper. How would Jesus conduct himself in the everyday actions of life? How would Jesus conduct himself when he's talking to his kids? How would Jesus conduct himself when he's frustrated? How would Jesus conduct himself when he's feeling cabin fever? How would Jesus conduct himself when he's seeing people post things that, that he disagrees with, that make him angry, How would Jesus conduct himself if he were in this situation? How would Jesus conduct himself with face masks, with social distancing? How would Jesus conduct himself if he were in our circumstances, in our shoes right now? Paul says this, Philippians 3.20, just almost to wrap up this letter, Paul puts this at the end, just as a reminder. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. We are citizens of heaven. And it is imperative for us to conduct ourselves 
in a manner that's worthy of the good news that God has called us to share, the good news that is his priority for us in this circumstance right now. And so you may be struggling, you may be going through um, a really difficult time in the midst of all of this. And the reality is that we have the benefit of Paul's hindsight. We know that God desires to work in and through our lives in exactly the same way that he worked in and through Paul's life. And even when it seems like it's impossible that God could do anything because the world has completely isolated us. But it's not true because Paul was isolated. Paul was imprisoned. Paul felt alone. And Paul looked at his circumstances and he could see that God was using him in ways that he never could have otherwise. And if we live as citizens of heaven, then one day, just like Paul, we are going to look back at this time of our lives. We're going to look back on it as some of the most fruitful and the most blessed times of our lives because we'll be able to see what God did. But it's only going to happen if we take our citizenship seriously and we, and we live lives that are worthy of the good news of Christ and what we say and what we think in our relationships in what we post in how we post it. Live your lives worthy of the good news of the gospel and you will see that God is working in you even now. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you that you are encouraging us. Father, that that even though some of us feel very isolated and very alone and very much like we just want things to get back to normal, and God, I understand that feeling. And Lord, I know that you're going to walk us through this, but that ultimately you have something that you want to accomplish in and through us in this right now. So I pray that you would help us to orient our hearts as citizens of heaven, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, of people who live their lives worthy of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I pray that as we do that, Lord, that you would bring us the peace that Paul experienced, you would bring us the purpose that God experienced, and that even though we're going through all of this, God, that we wouldn't say our hope is just to be free, our hope is to go shopping, our hope is to be at restaurants or to see people who we love, but that we can say our hope is truly that no matter what we're facing, that people hear about Jesus. And we pray this all in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.